Welcome to the Monday edition of User Words Podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock the past few weeks, months, days, you're probably quite aware of the novel coronavirus or COVID-19 or COVID SARS-2, whatever they want to call it nowadays. It seems like everything keeps changing with that and that it's going around. Now, my thought on this is be prepared, know what's coming up, but don't be scared about it because honestly, we have survived viral infections before. Uh, unfortunately, yes, some of us are probably not going to make it. In reality, things might have been overhyped a little bit more than they really are. So if we take a look at the WHO World Health Organization, now they do release data every day continuously on this, what they call their, they're calling it a crisis. To be frank and honest here, it's a new disease which we have not been exposed to before. We have been exposed to its cousins before, uh, SARS and that, but this particular strain we have not. So we have no natural immunity to it. So it's a little scary. It's spreading. It's killed some people. And it's like, oh, no. But in reality, we know that the flu is coming every year and we don't get scared. We're prepared for it. We know that we're going to get sick. We know that we're going to be laid in bed. We know how to contain it, keep it from spreading, but we don't panic. While, yes, this technically, as of right now, is rated as being more deadly than the flu and more virulent, more spreadable than the flu, it isn't something that should be causing panic. So as of March 8th, 2020, there are 105 thousand confirmed cases around the globe there are included in that list eight new countries that have since reported infections that previously were not reporting infections and if you go to who.int and that is the world health organization's website they do have on there a link and they have a daily pdf that you can scroll through uh, read, just get some raw factual data. Now, this isn't going to give you all the whole big picture. This is going to give you a glimpse into how is it spreading right now. And you could see in there, you know, days since last reported case in each country, as well as total number of confirmed cases and how they did that. And it's broken down by region. So you can scroll through, find your country. Uh, so if we look at the United States here, you know, 213 confirmed cases, 11 confirmed deaths. That middle column is new cases. Uh, so again, this is updated daily. So as you can see, there have been, for this the March 8th here, there have been zero new confirmed cases. And there's been one day since a new case has been reported. Now, hopefully this number starts going up. That'd be nice. You have somewhere like here in Nepal, Sri, Sri Lanka where you're already in the 40s for that. Uh, Nigeria is already starting to go up in that too. So hopefully this starts increasing. Now for China, they broke them out into a whole different separate table, uh, and they do it by providence, since that seems to be where, well, no, not seems to be, that is where this viral infection started. How it actually started, 
that's still up for debate. That'll probably be some research. Someone will probably get their doctorate in it at the time, but you know, that's fine. Now, the CDC has gone ahead and decided to release some helping children cope with stress during the outbreak. So if you do have children, you want to learn a little bit more on what the CDC recommends to help with that, go ahead and take a look here at their, again, who.int, and it's linked in there as well on the description notes here. And then they also have, how can you, as an adult, deal with the stress? Now, one of the things that I find interesting that they list here is about media. Limit worrying agitation by lessening the time you and your family spend watching or listening to media coverage that you perceive as upsetting. Now, anything that would be upsetting would be anything like, let's look at the empty bare shelves of toilet paper, of hand sanitizer, of whatever. Let's look at the armed guards in Australia guarding the toilet paper. It has come to that. People have freaked out about this to such an effect that there are now shortages on necessary medical supplies. And I was wondering how much medical supplies were actually needed to fight this COVID coronavirus. Well, this is from the, again, the WHO. They say every month of frontline health responders around the world, you know, so this isn't just America, this is Canada, uh, China, Korea, you know, countries in Africa, countries over in Europe. They need 89 million masks. 30 million gowns, 1.59 million goggles, 76 million gloves, and 2.9 million liters of hand sanitizer a month. Let those numbers sink in. That is a lot that they need to utilize around the globe. And since a lot of this is manufactured in China, hence where also the viral outbreak started with, there is a short supply. In fact, the WHO says that manufacturers will need to ramp up production about 40% in order to meet the demands that they are seeing for these supplies. So that is going to be a large amount that they are going to need to ramp up. In fact, it's actually causing an issue over in New Hampshire where dentists are worried about a mass shortage due to COVID-19. Now, this mass shortage, like every other shortage, is because people are freaking out. They are going and buying these. In fact, on one of these articles I was reading, there was actually an ad for masks. They're like, don't be caught and get sick, buy a mask now. And they're buying and selling into that fear. So these manufacturers, these masks, they're seeing probably rock record profits at this point because they can't keep them in stock. And that is because people are buying into that fear and they're saying, I must now buy this. And in fact, in all honesty, unless it's an N95 mask, it's going to do nothing. If these masks, what they do is these protect a person who is sick from necessarily being able to spread it because this mask as pictured here as what you would use like in a dental procedure as well is not able to filter your face. All it does is prevents the droplets from your face and your nose from escaping and getting others sick. So hopefully people eventually will start realizing that this is a campaign of fear and bring it back down. Now, media loves this right now. 
And the reason media loves this is because they are able to generate very clicky uh, articles, very clicky headlines for you to go watch and for you to get scared of. And you keep coming back for the latest change in whatever is happening. And you're hoping that it gets better when in reality, it's probably going to get a little worse before it gets better for us here. We're probably just at that tipping edge right before it gets that little bit of worse before we get better. And those types of headlines that feed into fear, media just loves because people are going to click it because it sounds sensational. It sounds like you should worry. It sounds like it is going to be the end of the world when it is the furthest from the truth about being the end of the world. And of course, there's not just shortages on the mass, on hand sanitizer, water, toilet paper. Now, it is good to be prepared. It is good to have some supplies on hand so you can survive a few days at home, you know, if something really happens. And it's not just being prepared for this virus infection. It's also true about things like what if there's a tornado? What, you know, that takes out power and uh, supplies and stores around you? What if there's an, a natural disaster of some sort? You know, a fire? What if whatever? It's not a bad idea to have a couple of days worth of supplies, but you don't need to freak out and buy the store completely out of everything that they have including that. And of course, now that there's you know shortages of hand sanitizer, people are like, oh, let, let me make my own hand sanitizer. How are we going to do that? And hand sanitizer does work. Um, CDC has recommended that a hand sanitizer with at least 60% uh, alcohol be used in order to to clean or you know help with the spread of the virus now there's no actual studies yet at this point in fact everything that is out there such as Lysol and that they don't know the effectiveness on this new strain this new virus yet it is unknown it is likely that these things will help but it is unknown at this time it's it's at the point where they're like uh, you know it might help be careful now, this was probably one of the funnier parts of this whole thing. When this whole thing started happening and hand sanitizer became hard to find, people were like, oh, well, well let's use alcohol. Let's use alcohol. They're like, come on. You know, and I'm not talking about like just any alcohol. They're talking about like the alcohol that they drink because they probably might have some at home. It actually got to the point <laughs> where Tito's vodka actually had to come out and say, you know what? We're only 40% alcohol. That is 80 proof. We're below the CDC recommendation of 60% alcohol. So don't use us to make hand sanitizer because they're starting to pop up on the web. Like anything else, directions on how to make your own hand sanitizer. Well, it's very unknown how effective it's going to be. But that being said, if you are going to do something like that, you are going to at least get the stuff that's like 190 proof. That's 95% alcohol. That is going to kill a lot of virus and bacteria right there. As long as, again, is this virus and bacteria is susceptible 
to alcohol to kill it. I'm sure there are some viruses out there. I'm not a virologist or however you say that. So I can't tell you exactly does it or does it not work. Just saying, if you're going to make homemade hand sanitizer, don't use Tito's. Don't do that. And actually, even Market Watch is saying, hey, be careful about that sort of stuff. So yes, this is a real thing. This is a virus that's out there. This is something that, for the time being, we are going to have to deal with for a while. Travel might be impacted. People are going to get sick. People might die. But panicking is going to cause more devastation than anything. Panicking and buying all the hand sanitizer, all the toy tissue, all the water, it's going to make it harder for those people who actually need those things to be able to get it. For example, if someone is immunocompromised and they need to use hand sanitizer more than an average person, uh, uh, let's say a healthy, middle-aged, 20, 30, 40-year-old, and they can't get that hand sanitizer, well, they have a couple options. They could just isolate themselves until this whole thing is passed over. Or they can risk going out and getting potentially sick. So we need to be prepared, not scared over this whole COVID thing. We need to read the facts from actual sources such as the WHO and not worry about every little headline that's out there. While it is true that as of this time, the data suggests that this virus is deadlier and more infectious than the annual flu, the final results are unknown. The final tally is unknown. And in fact, in general, if you are a younger adult who is healthy, has no underlying health issues, more than likely you are going to be fine. More than likely there's not going to be an issue. You're going to have a mild inconvenience. Now, if you do get it, do take precaution. If you start developing a fever in that, call your health professional. Find out where they would like you to go. Don't just necessarily walk into there. That might cause an issue because you want to make sure that they are aware that you are potentially coming in with potential symptoms. Now, just because you get cold or flu-like symptoms does not mean you have this, especially if you have not been to an area where this has been very prevalent. This April, I will be going to Seattle uh, for a conference. So after that, I actually do plan on monitoring my symptoms very closely, self-isolating for a few days just to make sure that I don't get it. And the reason is right now, Washington, Seattle area is a hotbed for this virus. If by the time I fly out there, Seattle has kind of calmed down and it's not really spreading through the area, then I'm not going to worry about it and I'll just go about my daily life. But if it is still a hotbed by the time I go there for a conference, I'm going to take the precaution and not precaution of isolating myself just for everything. It's I'm going to isolate myself to help those who may be around me at work who may be immunocompromised, those at my church who may be immunocompromised. I am not doing this out of fear. I'm doing it out of precaution. And as long as we are approaching this with some precaution, with sanity, we're going to make it through this just fine. However, if we decide to start going crazy, if we decide to start letting fear control us, 
the next thing that happens, the threat of a war, the threat of a president we don't like, the threat the threat of a book that we don't like uh, something happening in there that offends us. We'll react and just get crazier and crazier. We need to pull back the insanity just a tad. Stop, breathe, listen, and think.